Abi Yawi. All I can say, Father, is wow. <laughs> what you have done, what you have allowed for me to do. Oh, Father, it's so powerful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and having faith in me, Father. And blessing me to be a conduit. Okay, so uh, perhaps you might all be able to tell that I'm, uh, I'm fairly overwhelmed right now because um, this is the first time that I've done this. And um, uh, let me see, I can't remember when I first started doing this four or five, four years ago, four years ago. <clears throat> um, and as I've shared with you before that I don't do sponsorship and, and these seemingly to be little blurb commercials that I put out there are not paid for and I don't do it because anyone asked me to do it. I do it because I believe in what I'm saying and who I'm sharing about. In regards to that specifically, there's a young woman, a contemporary Christian artist, her name is uh, Francesca Battistelli. And she's got not only a beautiful voice, but beautiful stories in what she sings and what she portrays. It's scriptural and it's powerful. And I was listening to one of hers just a little bit ago. But it reminded me of the other one that she does um, called He Knows My Name. She doesn't need her names in, up in light. She doesn't need uh, the validation of man or mammon. It's nice to get those things. And God knows that. God knows that we like that sort of thing. He does. He really does. But that's not necessary. And she shares that. She doesn't need her name up in light. She doesn't need the validation of man or mammon because God knows who she is. God knows her name. God, just as God knows all of our names. God saw me from a long distance out there when he came and died on the cross for me. And when he looked down in the group of the Pharisees that were throwing rocks at him, and cursing him and spitting at him because of their arrogance and their absolute lack of true knowledge and wisdom. And he saw me standing there and he looked up to our heavenly father. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now I might not have been throwing a rock, but I was standing there with him just like Saul was standing there guarding the coat. He was the uh, human coat rack when they were stoning Stephen. He was right there and he used to go and he used to track down, trap and burn out meeting places where those that were in his way, and I'm not talking about being in Paul's way, I'm talking about this, what they used to call before they were called Christians. It was called the way or his way. And they were following his way. They were in the way. And the way that 
Christ was, and that's what they were practicing. But the, back to this young lady, she just, um, I was just listening to her other song and she's singing about God is writing his story in our heart. And that it just, the Holy Spirit just came on me and God is still writing the gospels. He's still writing his word. And and our lead pastor, Jamie, bless you, brother. I love you. Um, he talks about the continuing story, the continuing saga of the book of Acts and how it was then and how it is now. And that Jesus is centered. And I got, to, and this is just powerful because this young woman sings about how God is writing his story in my heart, in our hearts. True believers and true Christians. Now, there's a difference, and you hear me say that often, because let me tell you, sadly, and I pray about them, there are individuals that will claim to be a Christian, or they put this label and they, they make it uh, out and they put the word Christian on it, and then they wear this as if that's going to make it so. Well, it doesn't work that way. Um, and they also claim to be Christian, but they're not. I remember John reminds us that if they claim to be that, but yet they don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh to this plane of existence and that he died and was crucified the way he did and is risen and sits on the right hand of God the Father, then they are liars. And brother and sister, let me tell you, I'm gonna share this with you. God is writing his story in my heart, continuing to do this. And I am a continuation of what is the never ending story. And I shared, I shared that with a pastor because it reminded me of a program that I, I saw. I was not a kid when I went to see this. I just thought it was a, a fanciful and a delightful little story to, to, to watch. It was actually a movie. It was called The Never-Ending Story. But the thing of it is that while I was sitting and watching the movie, I could my thoughts were really not just random so much in the movie, but it seemed like there was a specific voice talking to me. And it wasn't that of the enemy. And I sit there and I think back on this. And this is actually very much our story. It is a never-ending story that is that began in the book of Genesis and continued through the book of Revelation and continues on today. The Bible book that God authored, had all these individuals that took pen in hand and by his breath, Rach Elohim, the breath of God, they penned this book. He's the author and the finisher of this book and through to the book of Revelation, but he's still writing it. He's still writing in my heart. And this young woman sings a song, and it was is it powerful, it's powerful. And in my continuation now, I, I've shared with you that I've been doing this for 
I, I believe it's been four years. And I've never done this. I don't, I don't do the sponsorship and I'm, I don't, uh, this young woman, her manager and all that stuff, they don't send me checks and say, hey, thanks for that spot, you know. I don't get that. That's not what this is about. This is God's business, God's job for me to do. And he has set this about for me. What is powerful is that I get to do this. And I just, I didn't know that that this outfit that, that has me do that, that they do this sort of thing. But what they just sent me was this big notice. And I went ahead and clicked on and followed in through this stuff. And that it's what they call the wrap, the 2023 wrap. Finishing it up and, and showing what things are done. And they, they share with me. I gave this up to God so he could make this happen because I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. I, I had no idea. But my God, <laughs> and what they shared with me were that people message into their to the message board. And many I get directly. And I've shared with you that I have, that I have received a few and that the individuals are in a place in this world today. Let's see, I got this. Uh, I got this one about two years ago, so it's it's relatively new and it's happening today. That the person is from a country where they get shot on the street if they declare that they are a Christian, or if they're seen carrying a Bible, and someone recognizes it as a Bible, that they will shoot them in the street and leave them in the gutter or go push them off the sidewalk into the gutter like trash. And this happens in this modern day, this modern age, it does indeed happen. And for those of you that just like they declare that God doesn't bestow his blessings and gifts on us anymore because we are too modern and hip, well, they're fools. And comes right down to it, they're fools, liars and fools. They look to deceive men and women by falsehood. But back to this, this rapping thing that they did, they informed me, and I kind of guessed it, but I wasn't sure, but what God has me doing has gone global. <laughs> I... I'm some old guy sitting at my desk spending time with God. And he has taken my voice and sent it globally that I can share his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom with the world. And I am actually doing that. I thought, okay, you know, I, I'm not into all the super techno stuff. I know that it goes pretty widespread, the techno babble and all that stuff I'm not really aware of. God is. God made me aware, and they turned around and told me that this podcasting that I'm doing in for God and sharing his truth, his knowledge, and his wisdom is global. It's worldwide. Oh my goodness. So here I am, this old guy, 
But here's the thing that, that I have actually shared with people before. And this just <laughs> made it abundantly clear, not only to anyone else that might hear me say it, but made it abundantly clear to me that until God is finished with me and until God tells me that I'm done, I'm not. And I'm virtually invincible because God is my sovereign Lord and he is my king he is my heavenly father, and he has made these things possible. And it is his truth, his knowledge and wisdom that I share with everyone. Wow. So anyway, kind of a, yeah, okay. So that sounded like I was tooting my own horn. Yeah, it did. And uh, perhaps I was. But I mean, this is, but it's for the glory of God that this is being done. It's for his praise and worship, giving thanks to him. Remember what I shared with you. Giving thanks to God daily is a sacrifice of praise to him because when you give thanks to God, you are actually worshiping God. You are praising God. I've shared with you that the Hebrew have 11 various words depending on the context that they're used in and what's shared around them is that they have 11 words that are uh, used for giving thanks or praise. And David, in writing his songs, and this is something that that. I'm following the rule of faith now in doing this. I'm going to remind you of that too. Uh, regula fidei. Latin phrase means rule of faith. And this is something that we are told that we need to do, we should do, and I have found it to be necessary. Actually, something that I was doing for quite some time, even before my pastor told me that I should do it and that we actually, he said that we should do this. And this is an important aspect of studying the Word of God, that we read the Bible from front cover to back cover, and then from back cover back to the front cover. And we do it often and continuously. And we need to be aware of this and we need to be observing this thing that that and David and, and there's a lot of folks that'll and I've actually had somebody point their finger at me and say, well, what do you use David for? He's a you know he's he this and he that and he this and he that. Well that's very typical of how generally people are and, and I've had people do that with me personally is how I was. And that's what they do. They like to get caught up in um, how we were, not by how we are. And there's a great difference in this as for me as it was David. But, and remember that God reminded 
God reminded Samuel that he called David a man after my own heart. This wasn't a name that was tacked on to him, a nickname or a label that was put on him by his, his uh, followers or the people of Israel, that they didn't decide to call him that. God called David a man after my own heart. And even through David's falling down, he kept getting up and he kept going to God. He kept repenting. He kept seeking God's strength, seeking fortitude from God's righteous right hand and not on his own. And when he slipped up and tried to do it on his own, so he continually came to the source and the truth of all things. And he writes in this scripture in this particular, he uses seven of the 11 words that the Hebrew use, he uses seven of those in a single chapter. Seven different ways. And he talks about raising the hands, kneeling down, and all these things. And you have to understand, please understand this, that this has, you know, when you have folks that are raising their hands, this is, the Hebrew word is yada, giving thanks with extended hands. And this is what David is speaking about. He is talking about all these ways that we have to share this and that we do this. And there are so many times, all through the book of Psalms, and, and, and David does it pretty well. I like the way he does a lot. He's, he's a poet. He's a musician. He's a, he not only played the lyre, but he wrote music and he wrote songs. But we must remember to give thanks to God always and in all things. I thank my heavenly father that he has allowed me to do this and be about his business and blessed me to be a conduit to carry his word and to bring it and share it. And that I am just, like I said, I, I don't know, maybe... Maybe he wanted to show me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I clicked on that, and they're telling me that this podcast that God gave me is global. I couldn't have done that walking or and trying to get 
them to accept my passport and having to do all these different shots and all this craziness and all this stuff that they got going on, I could never have reached out the way that I am doing, I'm sorry, Father, the way that he is having me to do in this platform that he has established for me. My heavenly father made this take place. My heavenly father made it possible for me to do this. He made this for me. And I told him, if you believe this to be something that, that I should do this way, Father, if you condone this, then you make it happen because I can't figure it out. I can't do it. As soon as I sat back, let go, opened my hands, and because I was trying really hard to figure it out on my own, honestly. Indeed, I was. And this is what we do all the time. We do this all the time. We try to figure this stuff out on our own. And we can't. And this is what David was. David would get caught up in these things and he'd try to figure it out. And then he would, ah, can't do that. Got to go to God. And he would go back to God. And this story is continually being written. We are in the never-ending story that God has intended us to be a part of because we are his children. And there are many others that are out there that claim to be a Christian, but they're they're questioning themselves. They, they don't know how to do certain things, and that's okay. Pray for them. They need that. And they really need that. And that's what we're to do. Pray one for another. And... We lift them up so that they can see that these, see on how to do it, learn how to do it, be aware of how to do it. But we find all these things, and, and I've shared with you the different scriptures that David talks about in giving thanks. Psalm 136, full of all the examples and why we should do it. Because these saints that God provides and he's good, his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 136, verse one, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. It didn't say because God likes to do good things for us, for he is good. Here's the difference between a lot of things that you will hear and a lot of things people will share. The characteristics of God or the character of God is not just because he does good things or that he does loving things or that he gives good gifts, which he does. He does all of those. But that is his character. That is his makeup. That is what God is. God is love. God is good. He doesn't just do good things. He doesn't just do loving things. He is love. He is good. That's his character. That it come, The love that we have and the things that we share here in this planet, it comes from him. He gave it to us. He put it in us. And without his being there, we wouldn't do it. Look what we do all the time when we try to do these things on our own. Oh my goodness, we just make a total shambles of it. We make a shambles of it. 
But brothers and sisters, let me share with you. We need to practice giving thanks to God every day. Practice every single day. And when we practice doing that, when we practice doing that, we are practicing God's presence, walking with us throughout the day. And like I shared with you before, you don't have to even move your lips. You have to think it. Think it. God knows what your thoughts are. And think it. For crying out loud, during the course of the day, you let the devil get in there and agitate you about things. Oh, yes, you do. Don't tell me you don't. I already know you do. And when we allow that to happen, it takes us down that wrong street. Remember the detours that he sets up and not the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does it guiding us the way that we should go and guiding our steps and taking us down the right path. Now, here's the thing that Satan wants to do. is he wants to deter us from accomplishing what God has for us to do. And he wants to detour us and make it more difficult. The Holy Spirit does it for protection. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Translation, give thanks to God. Give thanks to the Lord. That's praising him. Give thanks to him, all ye nations. Give thanks. To him, all ye people. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Give thanks ye to the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your truth. Thank you for your wisdom, your knowledge that you share with us. We have a good, good Father. Be cautious, brothers and sisters, though. Be cautious, because there are those individuals because there are those individuals that claiming to be something that they're not. And sometimes they're intention is not to be a detriment and their intention is not to be deceitful, but one can perceive and the Lord will give discernment to those that look for it and that they are trying to be something that they're not. And this is a problem that comes in, and this is what I share with you and have shared with you, and will continue to share with you, is the um, pharisaical tendencies that individuals have. 
and that they use. Um, it's just a point of fact. And Jesus ran into this with the Pharisees quite often because they did this very thing. They tried to make themselves to be something that they really weren't. And they tried to establish themselves to be much more intelligent than Jesus was. And because they had letters of learning and how could this man, this, this man of Nazareth, how could he possibly know as much as we do? Nazareth is where all the craftsmen come from. Nazareth is where the, the carpenters live. Nazareth is where the stonemasons live and they make stuff. How could they possibly be as smart as we are? Well, I have come to learn and see them around and I just pray for them and pray for others in that they are playing that same thing. They try to pretend to be something that they really aren't. And that's unfortunate because they're, as a rule, they're, they're good people. They just are misguided. And the enemy likes that and he uses that as a detriment. And he likes to use that sort of thing to get you stirred up and agitated with him. But see, I'm not going to get stirred up and agitated. It troubles my heart, but here's the thing. We are to pray one for another. To lift them up. To exhort them. And if that means that they are chastised or chastened for what they're doing, then so be it. But that's not my authority. That's not my authority. I pray for them and the Holy Spirit would grab onto them and convict them and perhaps the pastor or someone else will explain to them that they need to be very cautious. And this is why John shares with us and this is a very, very important thing that we do. And John isn't gonna tell us this and share this. God gave it to John to share with us. And this is in 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirit whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, let me clarify something here. That does not mean that every person that comes out and gets up there behind the pulpit and is not giving you good direction or speaking like, like this young man, He's, he's trying, but he's not sharing in truth. It's truth as he sees it, but here's the thing. There's only one truth. You cannot bend truth. The truth that God gives and the truth that God writes and the truth that God speaks is the truth, period. The truth. Not a truth, the truth. You cannot bend it to make it fit your design or what you intend or your intention. That's not how it works. You cannot bend the truth. You must not bend truth. There are those that practice that, but you must not bend the truth because 
then it becomes more than what it is. And the scripture actually tells us that the more you talk about, if you, you make a lie, you, you create that, and the more you speak on it, the more problems arise. And what that scripture translates to is the fact that individuals will forget people that they've told the lie to, or they forget what lie they told, and the continuing lies, because when you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie to cover up the first lie. And you have to cover, you have to share another lie in order to amend something that maybe you said that was not right and they kind of caught up to it. So you have to tell another lie to adjust and it continues and it gets deeper and it gets deeper and it gets deeper. But when you tell the truth, there's only the truth. Nothing changes and you shouldn't change it because the truth is truth, period, period. And what I find that sometimes these, especially the younger, will, they try to adjust the scriptures and not just sharing a perspective, but they actually change completely the scripture and make it fit in their way. Well, that doesn't work and that's not going to work out really well. And you have to know that his truth is all that is. So brothers and sisters, I share with you that these praise or giving thanks that we do or the way that we do it, this is not a denominational thing. This is not denominational. Um, so when you have individuals that are raising their hands and praising to God. Wow. The Holy Spirit just took me here because I, in my notes, I had written down a number. But it's actually something completely different, but actually it's here. If we read in Psalm 150, 150, and I'm going to change the word. It actually, it's written and translated to praise. But remember, I shared with you that when you praise God, you're giving thanks to God. And actually, oh my goodness, I'm sitting here. <laughs> wow. Psalm 148, 149, 150. <sighs> wow. I'm going all the way back into Psalm 144 and continuing, and it's just laying out all this praise and why we praise the Lord. But I'm going to share 150, and this is, like I said, 
when you give thanks to God and when you praise God and you worship God, it's not a denominational thing. A lot of people will try to, oh, that's a Pentecostal thing, or that's the that's a Southern Southern Methodist Baptist Rock First East Side. That's the way they do it, and they try to make this a denominational thing. How dare you? How dare you? Because it's not. This is a God thing. This is what God tells us to do. And this is how we are told to do it. In Psalm 150, give thanks ye to the Lord. Give thanks to God in his sanctuary. Give thanks to him in the firmament of his power. Give thanks to him for his mighty acts. Give thanks to him according to his excellent greatness. Give thanks to him with the sound of the trumpet. Give thanks to him with the psaltery and the harp. These are stringed instruments. A, a, a psaltery is a, it's kind of like, I, I think I shared this with you. Some of you may or may not know. If you're my age, you're going to know what I'm talking about. If you're not my age or younger, you're going to have no idea. It's called a harpsichord. And it was a musical instrument. It was kind of a combination of keyboards and, and you strum it and you could change notes, all this. It was, uh, and I remember we started learning how to use those things in the fourth grade. That's similar to what a psaltery is. But this is the word of God is telling us, this is how we do it. And remember, I changed the word praise to give thanks because that's what praising God is, is giving thanks to God. So we're told, Again, verse three, one five zero, verse three. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Give thanks to him with the psaltery and harp. Give thanks to him with the timbre and dance. Timbre is kind of um, a tambourine, or they had a. I think uh, the timbrel is a, a. It's kind of a, the Native Americans had one, and there's other countries that use a similar thing. It's a, a little spinning drum. The Japanese use one. And you spin it, and it's got uh, the little strikers on the string. But when you spin it, it, it makes a sound. But a timbrel is, I believe, is a timbering. Give thanks to him with a timbrel and dance. Give thanks to him with stringed instruments and or organs. Wow, that's, that's a whole lot of musical stuff going on. And dancing. And this is how we're supposed to give thanks to God? And Saul's daughter came down and tried to tell David that, you know, you're, you're embarrassing me because you're giving thanks to God, you're praising God, you're worshiping God and dancing out here, and you took off your armor and all that, and you're out here in your ephod. You know, try to make it something bad. David said, well, just go up and put a cover over the window, and you don't have to see it because you and nobody else is going to tell me how to praise God. No one else is going to tell me how I'm supposed to worship God. Give thanks to him upon the loud cymbals. Give thanks to him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks ye to the Lord. That closes out the book of Psalms. That's pretty powerful right there. And I think that that pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. That we are to thank God in all manner 
of instruments, with our voice, with our clapping hands, any way that we can, we are to minister to our Lord, our God, and show that to him. In Psalm 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and he is that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I've got no problem being a sheep. But the Lord is my shepherd. I got no problem with that. I'm not going to be like these other naysayers that have something to grab. I don't like being called a sheep. I don't like being compared to sheep. Well, that's unfortunate because you know what? The good shepherd takes care of a sheep really, really well and protects them, safeguards them. I don't mind that at all. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with giving thanks. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Brothers and sisters, that is the word of God. That is his truth. That is what we are to do and how we give thanks to God. Let him know that we're thankful. Why wouldn't you be thankful? And, and I hear some of these others that go, well, you know, why would he do that for me? Why would, you know, I'm, I'm this and I, well, see, here's the thing. Self-degradation and that, that's at the devil. Condemnation, that comes from the devil. Anything that comes from that way, you need to be really fully aware that from God, there is no condemnation. It doesn't come from him. If you are feeling that angst because of that going on in your mind, then that really needs to be prayed over because it does not come from God. And we get that in our adoption letter. And you need to read that. Remember that our adoption letter is what? I've shared that with you before. Romans 8. I'm going to flip over there right quick. I didn't mark it. It was not my intention to head there, but the Holy Spirit's got me going there to remind you. Romans 8, the very first verse of chapter 8, 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So, this about that. If you are a true believer, if you are a Christian, not a self-proclaimed and not a label head, but you are true about that. There's no condemnation. God isn't going to stand there and wag his finger at you with his hands on the hip and scold you for doing something. He's going to stand there. What I, The way I perceive God is he stands there and you look at you for a minute and then you hesitate. You you want to pull back because you're frightened. You, you did and you're starting to feel shame. And then you look up at God and once he's got his hands are extended and he's got his fingers like I do with my 
with my service dog. Sometimes I put my hands out and I, I motion to them to, to kind of, I don't wave at them and all that. I just kind of motion using my fingers. And then they get all happy and the tail wakes and they come. They're, they're not sure what's going on first because they think that they're in trouble. Whatever they were doing, that doesn't matter. But then they realize that I'm not. So I see God will stand there for a minute and you hesitate. And then you want to pull back and you want to go, but then he extends his hand out and he motions for you to come to him. And then he stands there and he opens his arms wide. And he pulls you in and he gives you a hug. The same way he did when he died on the cross. When he was murdered by the Pharisees and all those individuals, and we took part in that, and they put him on the cross and his arms extended wide, wider than you can ever possibly have and not be covered by that, the sin that you have. So Romans 8, 1, and remember that Romans chapter 8, I call it our adoption letter because it describes so many things. And there is no condemnation for God towards us that if we are in Christ Jesus, we have given up that flesh and we accept that Jesus Christ came and died for us, that he walked this plane of existence and that he is our Lord and Savior. God's not going to condemn you. And in John 3, 16, God doesn't condemn you anyway. And I've shared with you on a number of occasions about that pervert that claims to be a pastor of some church. Didn't share what it was. I suspect, I suspect they probably worship demons. Just a guess. But there was nothing to indicate any denomination. I think he was making a production for um, the video's sake. Um, but his declaration is that John 3.16 was wrong and that God is condemning us and blackmailing us by using the crucifixion of Christ and that if you don't believe that, then you're, you're gonna, he's going to send you to hell. Well, that's not what John 3.16 tells us. It reminds us that God loves us so much that Christ manifests in the flesh here, crucified here, murdered by men here for our sake. And if you choose not to believe, then you condemn yourself. God's not condemning you. He gave you a free will choice. God is a very polite God. And he's made other creatures very polite as well. I have learned a lot of things and a lot of people have a total misconception about a lot of creatures that move around this earth. I've learned that bears are actually very polite. They're not all out to attack anybody they possibly can. I've also learned that mountain lions are also very polite. And most of these wild animals that everybody claims are so hurtful to man. But the reality of it is, is that man speaks with no real knowledge quite often. And that 
without true knowledge, they make things up so that it sounds right to make themselves sound more intelligent. Uh, and I remind you that a cheetah is not a leopard and that there are many that will try to convince you that they are the same creature. They're not even the same species. If you've learned anything in biology or you took biology and you learned any science in school whatsoever, you will know that a cheetah and a leopard are two different creatures. Their physicality is different. Their physiology is different. And they're a totally different species. You can look at them and see that their spots are totally different, so they're not the same. And you, you, if you take 10 cheetah and you take 10 leopards and you put them together, the leopards are going to gather and you will see that their spotting and their coats are all similar. And you will see that all 10 of the cheetahs are different, that their spots are completely different than the other 10 and that they're going to gather and, and stay close to the other the other 10 cheetah. But you're going to notice that the spots are totally different. So it isn't just kind of a random thing that, oh, well, well, that leopard is the same as that cheetah, but its spots are different because it was for whatever excuse they're going to come up with. But it doesn't work that way because they're different, physiologically different. They're a different species. When you look up the... the uh, if you look up on the biological listing and the charts you will see that their species are listed, their genus and species are totally different, completely different. So you have to speak the word of God with truth, and you have to have his truth when you share his truth. I was just, the Spirit took me to this. This is a, a scripture. And they're talking about um, the Jews. and They're talking about um, those that are claiming to be Israelites. And remember, I've shared with you too that Paul writes and, and points out the what they call the vagabond Jews. Is that they claim to be something, but they're not. Um is that these individuals are claiming to be something that they're not and true and false. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. What he's trying to point out is that they might live there, be there, but they're not all of the nation of Israel. They're living there. They're not, in truth, they're not of the nation of Israel. They live there. Um, you have that same respect that many that claim to be a Christian are not Christian. They are not of Christ. They're not Christ-like. They don't... Um, a temporary appearance or relationship but it's not a true relationship and you just have to be careful and and John explains to us 
1 John 4, 1, very important. And some of them will do it with lack of knowledge and they're not doing it to be purposefully mean or nasty. They just, they don't have that true knowledge. But they're going ahead to share the way that they they believe it should be. It's like commentators do that a lot. What they call the Christian commentators, and I had this one just absolutely blew me away. I shared this with you a short while ago where this pastor and his wife were giving kudos and laudation to this commentator who wrote a book which was supposed to be supporting the Bible, and it's a novel. It's totally fiction, and yet they're trying to say that it enhances the Bible and gives credence to what the and I'm not I'm not I was blown away because the way that they were speaking this was totally contrary to the Bible, the Word of God, and that they were trying to encourage people to get this book and that it would be a good addition to the library to help them understand the Bible. Well, See, I have a problem with that, is how are you going to write a fiction that is going to help you to understand the Bible, which is all truth and the knowledge and wisdom that comes from God. So I have a little problem in getting through that. I'm not understanding. And it's just like this other book that is written that that is getting laudation. It's called Conversations with God, except that the way the author writes this and the information that comes out of this is that it's as if the young people and they have these are young children and then they have one that he wrote that is for teenagers. And as if God is talking to them, but quite honestly, as long as I've been on this face of this planet and as long as God is giving this, I cannot tell anybody with honesty and sincerity in God that he's going to tell anybody, oh, you don't have to ask me for forgiveness. There's nothing to be forgiven about. Just don't hurt anybody and just go ahead and and be who you are. Excuse me, that's not what the Bible says. That When you're doing wrong things and you're doing sinful things and you are not following the tenants, then you need to repent and you need to ask to be forgiven, which he will do. God will do that. He's not going to hold out on you and make you feel bad or try to use you uh, use guilt to make you feel bad and, and that you should uh, repent because you're feeling guilty. He doesn't work that way. Remember, Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation. So there is none. But this individual who wrote this book for teenagers. And then, and the other one, you have a young girl who is confused about what she is or how she relates to anybody. And God is telling her, oh, it's okay, just be yourself. Well, that's not exactly how God does things. But here's the thing. We pray for them. Just like that person who is writing the book and the one who's giving kudos and laudations. Shame, 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 shame. As Barney Fife would say, for shame, for shame, for shame. Or no, that was Gomer Pyle, sorry. Uh, 
Um, they're teaching falsely. But this is why the Holy Spirit and John reminds us, try the Spirit in all things. Because there are things that are coming at us out here and they're coming harder, harder and faster. And pretty soon it's going to be happening so quick that you're, you're not even going to be able to keep up. I mean, goodness gracious, I, I look around this nation today and it's some of these things have folded in and causing an implosion so quickly. And I pray for us, brother and sister, I pray for you. My going out, my coming in, because there are things that are taking place that just not going to be ready for. I remember a song. Remember if I remember the verses. Oh, my goodness gracious. And this is actually coming about now. Um, the song, I believe, was called I Wish They'd All Been Ready. I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Um, but... It was a, uh, and this was many years ago. I mean, I was, uh, this was, uh, this was a long time ago. I mean, I was, uh, oh, goodness gracious, I found it. And wow. And see if this isn't, and I, this, I was in high school when we were singing this. It's called, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Life was filled with guns and war and everyone got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. Children died, the days grew cold. A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. A man, a wife, asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Um, but here's the last. I'm going to save this because this is very powerful. There's no time to change your mind. How could you have been so blind? The father spoke. The demons dined. The son has come. And you've been left behind. So brothers and sisters, this song is very powerful. Like I said, I, I remember singing this when, when I was in high school. They're very powerful. We're talking about, we're talking about a long time ago. Remember, I'm 66 now. So when I was in high school, a pretty long time ago. But brothers and sisters, you're in my prayers going out and coming in every single day. I am praying for you. Be strong, be courageous, be bold, be upright. And when you come before God, don't be arrogant, be humble, but bold. You can be humble and bold at the same time. It's true, it's possible. Be blessed.